You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. What a difference a day makes. Here's what Finance Minister Bill Morneau had to say about the Wilson-Raybould affair when he was in our studio yesterday. I don't really think there's very much of a story here. What, uh, what's pretty clear, what the Prime Minister has said, is there was no direction given to the Attorney General to take a decision. Uh, what, of course, is the case is in any discussion around a, a big organization like SNC-Lavalin, we're always going to be concerned to make sure that we have a, a robust discussion. Well, it is a big and growing story here, I'm afraid. As you heard in Bob's News, the former Attorney General just resigned minutes ago, and in a statement she said she's getting legal advice on whether she can speak publicly about her take on what happened. Just yesterday, the Prime Minister said he has full confidence in her, and he also noted her continued presence in the cabinet saying that, quote, speaks volumes. Yesterday, the federal ethics commissioner announced that he's launching an investigation. The prime minister said he welcomes this. He seemed to be managing the fallout by distancing himself, and we'll have to see how this resignation changes the dynamics. Yesterday, he seemed to dance around the issue about whether he would waive solicitor-client privilege in this. And uh, that's exactly what the opposition wants. They also want a parliamentary justice committee investigation. What do you think? Does this thing has legs? Does it speak to you? Or is it something that's happening up on Parliament Hill? The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Right now, I would like to bring in Pierre Poliere, who is the Shadow Minister of Finance for the Conservatives, and Peter McKay, former Conservative Justice Minister. Thank you both for being with us. Good to be with you, with you Libby. Okay. Hello, Pierre. Hi. Good to hear P- your voice, Peter. Yours too. Okay. Pierre, uh, let's start with you. What's your reaction to this? Well, this is a political earthquake shaking the nation's capital. As you mentioned, news is now breaking that former Attorney General Jody Wilson-Raybould has resigned from Trudeau's cabinet. Uh, This is in response to reports that the Prime Minister and his office pressured the former Attorney General to interfere and have charges removed for a massive corporate giant that was facing a trial over an allegation of more than $100 million of fraud and bribery. What we know is that this company met with senior officials in the prime minister's office more than a dozen times, and that those same officials and the prime minister himself raised the idea uh, with the then attorney general of having the charges put aside. Um, And uh, yesterday, the prime minister claimed that he did not pressure his attorney general, but that she was still in cabinet. So that must mean she's happy as a clam with his leadership and his handling this issue. Well, today she resigned. Uh, I think that this is a, a political crisis, but perhaps a legal crisis as well for the prime minister and our legal system. Okay. Um, and Peter McKay, just before you respond, I also want to point out SNC-Lavalin also met with the opposition. So uh, they, they were lobbying everybody. Um, so Peter McKay, what is your take? What does this mean that she resigned? 
Well, just let me address that last point. Of course, they met with the opposition, but the opposition don't have the ability to change legislation. In essence, they don't have the ability to force a cabinet minister to take certain actions or interfere in a prosecutions. Uh, so I, I absolutely agree with Pierre that this is a, a big story. It shakes the foundations not only of parliament in a political sense but has very far-reaching implications for our justice system its legitimacy we've been going around hectoring other countries about our superior rule of law where we don't interfere in judicial process its arm's length its sacrosanct that seems very much now to be a bit hollow given what this government has been doing. And, and there is a narrative here, Libby. It's not just the case involving SNC-Lavalin and the deferred prosecution agreement and the potential interference in, in that prosecution. We also have evidence of the politicization of the trial of Mark Norman. There's also the commentary that came from the ambassador of Canada to China, now former ambassador John McCollum, about the extradition hearing involving the Huawei executive Meng Wanzhou. So... There is a, a, a string now that connects some of this behavior, and all of it goes back to the Prime Minister's office and the Prime Minister himself, because, importantly, he is the only one who can fire, reprimand, shuffle a cabinet minister. And that's what we saw happen. That's the circumstantial evidence. Wilson Raybolt was demoted. She has now resigned from cabinet. And in spite of these claims of privilege and cabinet confidentiality, there was nothing preventing her from saying, I was pressured or I wasn't pressured. That's not revealing anything of the substance, just that it happened. And that's what people need to know. That's, that's the, the essential issue is, was there pressure inappropriately applied to her decision making and her authority to direct a prosecution involving SNC. Um, Pierre Polievre, uh, at the end of the day, uh, she didn't uh, allow SNC-Lavalin. I mean, they are facing charges. And what uh, the Prime Minister and other ministers are saying, of course, when you're dealing with something that can impact jobs, of course, we looked at it and we talked about it. What, what do you say to those arguments? Well, first of all, judges have the ability, and Peter knows more about this than I do as a former AG and a, a practicing, that the ability to target sentences at the guilty party while minimizing the impact on innocent bystanders. In other words, it would have been possible for both the prosecution and the judge in the criminal trial to structure the sentence and the conviction in a way that it would go after the guilty party and not after a group of innocent workers on the ground uh, in Montreal or elsewhere. Okay. But, uh, you know, generally speaking, a criminal conviction would bar them from getting federal contracts, which is their bread and butter. Well, that, that is definitely part of it. But again, these are these are matters that can be dealt with uh, by judges uh, without political interference from the prime minister's office. And I would further add that if it was necessary to use a deferred prosecution agreement, then the director of public prosecutions could have come to that conclusion without political interference from the prime minister's office or even from the attorney general. 
That's why we have humans and not robots that prosecute crimes. And in Canada, the prosecution is supposed to pursue the public interest in addition to pursuing uh, the conviction. And so all of these, the, 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 um, the problem that you just identified could be dealt with without political interference from the prime minister's office. And furthermore, what we're talking, the allegation is that the prime minister's office pressured the attorney general to interfere with the director of public prosecutions in order to allow charges against this company to be put aside. It has, the jurisprudence is clear that no other member of cabinet is allowed to apply pressure to the attorney general for whatever reason, even if they believe that they have some justifiable public policy rationale for doing it. And finally, if any of, if any of the prime minister's actions are, uh, are as pure as the maiden snow, as he claims, then why would he not agree to a full-scale parliamentary investigation? And why would he not waive privilege and let Jody Wilson-Rabel speak. Uh, Peter McKay, uh, he was dancing around the question of privilege and waiving it yesterday. Was he, did that make sense to you? No, I think he's buying time and, and probably is very much getting legal advice. And you saw that in some of his initial response uh, regarding the uh, question of did he direct? He used the word time and time again. He did not direct her. Nobody from his office directed her. Uh, and so th- this is the essence of the question, is what sort of influence and how was that influence brought to bear on his attorney general? And what, let's be clear, what was being asked of her, she was being asked to uh, speak to the, the prosecutor, the director of public prosecutions, regarding this particular case. And so there's a several-step process that would have had to occur. But coming back to Pierre's point, no one from cabinet, including the prime minister, is to engage in that. And in fact, there is a criminal code section, a prohibition on applying or interfering or obstructing or perverting or defeating the administration of justice. There's a specific criminal code element to this. So there may be a parliamentary inquiry if the, if the government majority will permit it. There is now going to be an ethics commission uh, examination or ethics counselors view. But there may also be a, a, a criminal investigation involving the RCMP based on how serious this is and the implication this has on the broader justice system. That is, uh, is very much in play now as well. With Jody Wilson-Raybould's decision to step down today, she's no longer bound by some of the same prohibitions that might have been in place. I'm sure they will still claim that she's operating under privilege and under cabinet confidentiality. But as I said earlier, she can put this entire thing to rest by saying, I wasn't pressured. Uh- I guess what's what's difficult, and um, either one of you can weigh in on this, is is where's the line when the government said, obviously, when there are so many jobs at stake and, and it's a matter of public interest, there would be meetings about it. But where's the line between having those meetings and pressuring? Is that what's at issue here? It is, and it's a subtlety, uh, but an important one. Was there a feeling on her part? And that's why she's the only one. She is the the witness, so to speak, that has to clarify whether she felt pressure, some compunction to do something based on what she was said. 
And again, the circumstantial evidence here is she was moved out of the portfolio. And just optics, she was clearly not happy to be moved. And there was no reason well, given. Well, who would be? At, at, no, of course. And the timing, of course, is also very suspect. There are two phases here that happened. There was the lobbying by SNC to get the legislation in place. And then there was the after-the-fact lobbying. And I can tell you, as a former prosecutor, if a case was before the court and an individual or a company is facing jeopardy, that is, a, a conviction... Outside political interference is a blazing red line that cannot be crossed. And that type of influence, were it exerted by the prime minister or someone on his behalf, is something warranting criminal investigation. Mm-hmm. Pierre, uh, my sense of this is, I mean, it, it's, it's obviously a, a huge story, especially for the political junkie class. Uh, do, you, do you think that this resonates with Canadians? Absolutely, uh, because th- this is where this is what this is the core issue for your average Joe sitting at Tim Hortons. Are there two legal systems? One for the people and another for the rich and powerful. Right now, we have an allegation that a corporate giant charged with over a hundred million dollars of bribery and fraud used powerful lobbyists gain influence in the prime minister's office, and then allegedly the prime minister's office pressured the the attorney general to get the charges put aside. Now, no other person having been accused of committing a crime uh, on the street, no, uh, you know, petty blue collar criminal would have the ability to open the door of the prime minister's office and get, get a prosecutor to set aside the charges. Only a corporate giant with a, a powerful team of lobbyists would be able to do that. I also bring in the broader perspective that this is a corporation that has given a half a million dollars to the Liberal Party, including $100,000 in illegal donations that the party had to return after they were caught. So this is not just any corporate entity. Finally, on the timeline itself, It is extremely suspicious. We found out just a few days ago that PMO boss Gerald Butts, arguably the most powerful man in the country, talked with Jody Wilson-Raybould about setting aside these charges in December of last year. Apparently, it didn't go very well because a month later, she was fired. That is a very suspicious timeline, and it's time the prime minister lifted the solicitor of supposed solicitor client privilege that he is using to keep Jody Wilson Raybould silence and that he gave her full authorization to go out and tell the whole world the truth. Peter McKay, where does this go from here? Well, these investigations, I think, are going to follow their course. Um, the, the criminal prosecution case of SNC is obviously going to proceed. I think Pierre has registered some really salient points with regard to the political interference and and also the illegal donations and that nexus. But another interesting point that I would register is involving the current Minister of Justice in AG, Mr. Lametti, who said, I believe, just yesterday or within the last 24 hours, that SNC might still qualify for a remediation or deferred prosecution. Now, that may be so, but 
I have to ask the question, what, if any, instructions is he operating under? What undertakings did he give upon taking that role? And my view is that he should recuse himself from anything to do with this case or this matter, the way Jeff Sessions did in the United States with regard to President Trump, because he, too, serves at the pleasure of the prime minister, Mr. Trudeau. And so having been tainted by this, he should not be publicly commenting. He should not be providing this type of commentary as to what may happen in the criminal case. Our government, of which Pierre was a member, set up the, the office of the director of public prosecution in the aftermath of the Gomery inquiry for this specific reason, to keep these matters depoliticized, to keep them arm's length from outside interference. And we saw what happened in the political interference and the fact that records weren't kept with respect to the Gomery inquiry. And I, I'm also, you know, very aware that these cases, the SNC-Lavalin prosecution, the Mark Norman case, the extradition case, all of these have a fundamental impact on not only Canadians' public confidence and, and sense that their justice system works for them impartially, but our international reputation is also at stake. And so, to answer your question, these processes are going to have to play out. We're going to have to get answers, including answers from Jody Wilson-Raybould herself, but from the Prime Minister, who in his office was directing her, what was said, what form of pressure was there other than the fact that she may lose her job. These are all fundamental questions people have a right to know. Uh, Pierre, uh, where will you be taking this? And and just following up on what uh, Peter said, uh, some people are predicting that uh, Gerald Butts, the principal secretary, will be the fall guy for this. Well, Gerald Butts is the most powerful man in Canada. He's been called the PMO puppet master. Uh, He is the brains uh, behind the Trudeau government. Uh, And uh, I think that it's important to hear from him. I invite Mr. Butts to to testify under oath uh, at the Justice Committee. Uh, tomorrow, Conservatives, uh, including myself, will go to the committee with a motion calling on Mr. Butts and numerous other top PMO officials to come before the committee and offer testimony under oath. If the Prime Minister, ha- Justin Trudeau, has nothing to hide, then he will tell his members on that committee to allow that motion to pass and permit the study to go ahead. Okay, then. I am sure we are going to be talking about this again. And thank you so much to both of you for your insights. A really a fascinating conversation. Thank you to Peter McKay and Pierre Polyevre. Thank you, with you both. Okay. And uh, before we take a break, uh, Tony in Niagara has been waiting very patiently. Tony, what's your take on this? Hello. Hello. Are Hi, you there? Uh, you hear me? Yes. Okay. Uh, well, if I was here with Mr. Singh, I would have called 911. That would have started uh, everything to run. Uh, he's guilty. I mean, he can never give us a straight answer. I mean, like, he's always reading off a sheet, you know, and he's walking around dancing, as we all say. And, like, if, if he gets away with this, Canada's going to be the next banana republic. I'm not kidding you. Like, it, it's just everything is bad about this guy. Like, uh, he can never give Canada a straight answer. SNC has a bad record all over the world. Uh, I know in India from 20 years ago, there was really some bad stuff happening there. And guess what? 
They took the money and they walked away. And that was the end of it. Okay, Tony. Thanks very much for that. Have a good day. Okay, bye-bye. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.